take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. Mr. Finley. How are you, sir? I'm doing delightful. What do you think of that uh, goddamn um, uh, uh, fake eggnog, almond eggnog? Almond eggnog? Yeah. Uh, it was a little light in the loafers. Uh, tasted pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the, mm-hmm. kind of the semi-disturbing thickness of a good eggnog. Yeah, sometimes it gets a little like, uh, it feels like metal on your gums if you drink too much eggnog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Metal on your guns, yes, Joe. <laughs> That's very folly. Rob Halford's solo album, by the way. <laughs> I, I, okay, great. Metal, metal up, which he got from metal up your ass. So that was an improvement. So, Rob uh, yeah. All right. So we're talking about um, uh, Babes in Toyland, otherwise known as. It's actually March of the Wooden Soldiers, otherwise known as Babe, Babes in Toyland. I knew it as Babes in Toyland. Okay, well, the title card says March of the Wooden Soldiers. That's why it surprised me. But it, who gives a shit? Either way, we're talking about 1934s. Um, March of the Babes in Toyland. March, yeah. So this is a film. By the way, you can get it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, a pretty clear uh, copy. Yeah, so far as you can find that. Uh, yeah, fair enough. It's it is an old fucking movie. It, it's it, an old it movie. Feels older, older than some of the prints of other movies we've seen. That it, were in fact. It, it's not as crisp. Like, I grant you that, but it's it's um, it's a classic uh, for uh, the Christmas season. Yeah, uh, the holiday season. I think it's a it's a classic that's kind of. Uh, I don't think it gets the recognition it needs to. These days, it's not as classic as it once was. I think. Yeah. It is classic, but nobody watches it. So. Oh, is that true? Nobody watches I it. I don't think so. I've never. Don't really I've never. Any, I've never heard anybody outside of my family talk about watching this movie. I'd never seen it before. Oh. I had wow. never seen it before today. I mean, um, I mean, I, I think I'd seen little, um, little snippets of it, like the um, what's it called, the peewee. The stick and the peewee. Stick and the peewee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd seen little aspects of it, but I had never fully watched uh, March of the Wooden Soldiers. Now we're talking about Laurel and Hardy, right? Well, they're actually they're actually bottom build on this one. They're they were the extra in the in the show. The 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 whole thing revolves around the guy who plays Tom Thumb. I can't remember the, the actor's name. He doesn't get more time than they do, though. No, but they, because they were, I think they were that good. They turned out to be tremendous. So yeah, this was. I think they're. I think this might have been their first screen appearance. That's my understanding. Uh uh-uh. uh No, no. Am I wrong? you're off by about eight years. But but uh, Charlotte. Well, damn it. <laughs> that's okay. Um, Charlotte Henry. Um, it was. It kind of guess was originally her show because she in. Thirty-two or three, she got the part for Alice in Wonderland, which was going to be this huge, huge hit. Right. And um, you know, Alice in Wonderland had like um, cameos by like W. C. Fields and Cary Grant, and it just tanked. Really? It just kind of they made the movie and it did poorly, or yeah. they never made the film. Oh wow. no, it, it just didn't. It didn't sell yeah. with audiences a, a well, year or two earlier. Yeah, you would think so, right? Yeah, right. Um, like the golden age. And you throw a little W.C. Fields in there, you're wow. good to go, right? Yeah, I love W.C. Fields. I am a huge fan, fan of W.C. Fields. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting because, well, should we say that and talk about it now or move on to it? I, well, since I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, I, I guess well, I'd have are, to guess through ESP. You're not the biggest fan in the world of uh, Laurel and Hardy, as I understand. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't care for them. But... Um, I, in doing a small amount of research for this film, I, I found some um, some ways in okay. to sort of to appreciate them. But um, 
Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So this was like her second shot in a way. Okay. Right. I mean, this is, I don't want to talk a, a ton about her cause there's not so much to talk Bo about. Peep she's the Bo Peep character here. Yeah. She's Allison, Allison, Allison Wonderland beforehand. And, um, you know, this one was more popular certainly than Allison Wonderland, but you know, it, she just kind of never found a way into anything by the forties. She tried it as, uh, as Aslan. It didn't work out. And she, she tried, I just skip over that. So she tried by the 1940s, she tried to like play opposite the Bowery boys. Wow. And it's just like, they kept, you know, fucking her up by, you know, pairing her with a bunch of weird, <laughs> I mean, Cary, Cary Grant and W.C. Fields can dip in and out of, I mean, W.C. Yeah. Fields was an Oliver Twist for Christ's sake. He, right, he right. can dip in and out of things. Right. But, uh, you know, if you're a new actress and you have a very specific look as she does, right? Um, there's not a lot you can do if they steer you wrong. And it's that whole studio system from the 30s to begin with, right? Yeah. This is the beginning of the studio system and, yeah. and the weird, the Hayes Code. Frodo Baggins, too. That was terrible. So, uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, so that's just some background. And it's, it's, um, it, it's a film that's about, um, Gosh, I mean, it, it's it's jump at any time, but it's so basically it's a bunch of fairy tales, and you know, there is a there is a through line story to it. But as much as anything, it's also it's showing up like we've well, got a bunch of fairy tales, and we're gonna sort of represent those in the background and, and in the land that they live in. Yeah, there's, a, I mean, the through line story is, I mean, you have um, uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum is is uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy, right? Yeah. And you have the old woman who lives in the shoe, who's old lady Peep, and little Bo Peep's her daughter, and Tom Thumbs her the possible love interest, and you know and on and on and on. You have the cat and the fiddle, and hey yeah, diddle diddle, yeah, and you and you know. And of course, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, the old lady in the shoe yep. owes money on it. What a shitty thing to have! Like, that's like a mortgage that's being repossessed on a shoe. Right. That's some bullshit right there. That's happened to the best of us. Oh, Fanny Mae, we hate you. I do a uh, short sale if I were her. Yeah, of course. But but yeah. So then you have the sort of miserly landlord. So it's the sort of the, the landlord, classic, the classic landlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who who wants looking for a widow to throw into the world? Well, he's doing cold. he's doing the he's me tooing early on yeah. because he's got this. Bank note for the house, and he's willing to sort of tear it up if as long as he gets to knock some Bo Peep. A little Bo Peep action, right? Yeah, she right. becomes his wife, and uh, she Bo Peep at that point. She ho ho Peep. So she has no interest, and of course that means that he's going to press uh, Mama Peep on her late rent and throw them all in the right. street. And she has a disturbing number of children in that house, as I recall. Uh, not in the film as, as far as I I saw, but I mean the story to to the old lady's shoe is she had so many children yeah, she didn't know what to do. Yeah. Right? right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so the back, yes, the back story the is. Gonna kick him out, <laughs> kick her out into the, into the street and into She the hooked road. up with Dr. Scholes for a while, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't really a doctor. That's what that sounds like. Yeah. That's what a clunker sounds like, Tom. Wasn't a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the bait. Now, I would also say it has a, a very, like, um, 1930s, you know, pre five years ish, yeah, before The Wizard of Oz. It has a 30. very. Five years before the Wizard of Oz, yeah. which is thirty nine, she had a it has a very like um, doing the best we can with the technical aspects, right? So I'm impressed with like the the close ups into a storybook that suddenly comes to life, right. and I'm always pretty decent special effects in this movie. Well, I'm kind of fascinated by like time, who yeah. comes up with it at the time, right? Because we 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 look at movies from the t- teens and twenties, it's like oh, it's so clunky. We reviewed one recently where it's a, a an airplane going upside down. It's so clearly the camera just sort of rotating <laughs> but here they actually have something going on like who discovered dissolves yeah, yeah you know yeah. like that's what a what a concept right mm-hmm. so i i think the the reason that the story focuses on laurel and hardy is they are the tenants of the old lady in the shoe and they're going to save the day by coming up with the money to pay for the house 
Right. And, of course, your standard issue, Laurel and Hardy hijinks then ensue. They are not very successful in this. Right. And uh, Barnaby manages <clears throat> to basically – Barnaby is the, uh, the bad guy, the, bad, the, the, uh, the owner of the place. Yep. The, uh, the, the landlord. So uh, he basically, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all set to to kick him out. Yeah. And then uh, he gets, uh, go ahead. Doodle-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long fucking day, man. My brain yeah, it's all right. right. I think this is one of those films, too, and, and you know, not I'm not calling you the attention to you f- for any reason. Uh, like, normally this would be like, what, didn't you even watch it? But Tom's, I think, seen this so many times, yeah. you didn't need to watch it again. So you're, you're kind of going off your, which, which is a, another thing about this film for some people. Oh, I guess for you, it's like a, a huge nostalgia factor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that stuff keeps I wonder, because yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, does it? Let me ask you that. I mean, does this travel well as an adult? Oh, this is a fucking. This is an abortion of a movie. <laughs> I. It's an. It's a movie that's about an no, hour. No, 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 Joe. Let it out, buddy. This movie's about an hour and fifteen minutes. I can't tell you how many times I check to see how much longer is this this uh, fucking piece of shit movie. Oh man, really? It is un. Unbearably unfunny. I mean, it's uncomfortable how long you go. Oh, even with like the uh, the stick and the and the yes, dance? even with him whacking a stick. Oh, um, man, you just don't love joy. Well, the thing is, you know, it's worth comparing because um, uh, oh, Laurel was well to like to what whoever. I mean, you can go down the line whether it's like the uh, the Stooges or the Marx Brothers or you know whoever it is or Abbott and Costello right. because they're all of course they're their own thing. I got that, but I mean, you know, they're comedy teams, so it's like worth comparing like what each group does, you know, to, to make that dynamic work. Mm-hmm. And I hate everything that Laurel and Hardy does. It's just com- so completely that, unfunny. It's it's unbelievably unfunny. Wow. I mean, the the thing with the Stooges is, is like at least there's some like um, they're animals. There's some fucking brutality there, right? Right. So, like none of that here. Even when they hit someone, it's like nah. no. I mean, nothing really happens. No, it's not brutal. Um, it's the same. Oh my savage. god, the. F- yeah, there's no savagery. Good no, point. And there's no um, the dynamics between them is like, did did you write their act on a on a index card and then never rewrite another thing because it's the same thing back and forth, which well, is not funny to begin with. The Three Stooges is the same thing, but it's hilarious to begin with. No, but it but it uh, was always hilarious. That's the point. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, well, here's it's one of those things where like I'm in such fundamental disagreement with you that I'm not sure where where we can start on that. No, it's all right. I mean, well, that's where to start. I don't like. What is it? You can't like look. <laughs> um, nobody can challenge you and go like, show me what's funny because then there's no way to show the person what's funny. I got. I told. Totally, I understand that that putting you in that position, but um, so I can't like you know. Uncover the un- the funny for me, but I just don't I don't understand their dynamic because Laurel, I, because I've seen them. I I went and, and researched other films. Mm-hmm. Funny, like what? there's funny stuff. Right. So like they're funny on their own. Mm-hmm. Like they they were first together in a film in 1926 called Forty Five Minutes from Hollywood. Uh-huh. And they never appear on, on screen together in this film. And Hardy's got like a substantial role, and Laurel has like this sort of minor role, right? Uh-huh. Um, Hardy is hilarious in this role, but the thing is, it's like he's got a regular mustache, and he's put in situations where he can be funny. So, like one of the situations um, is that um, somebody comes in and drag, and and Hardy is <laughs> laughing, thinking about it. Someone, this guy comes in, he's escaping the police. He goes into a hotel room. He's in drag. 
Um, he's pretty well in drag. It took me a minute to realize it wasn't a woman. It was a guy in drag. And at first I thought it was Laurel um, because I'd heard that they were in this film together, but it's some other actor. And he does a pretty good job. Um, that actor um, is standing there trying to hide from the police. Um, Hardy's in the bathtub. He comes out of the bathtub, barely covering his his fat body and his junk. He comes out. The man in drag passes out on the bed. Um, Hardy drops his towel, and his wife comes in the room. As Hardy's standing over this That's woman strange, in drag. <laughs> That's a strangely progressive. Oh, it's like, it was, for that well. This day. is this is the pre Hayes code, so it's wow. like this is oh, like you know right. okay. you could right. kind of get away with it, but it was fucking. It actually made me laugh out loud, and the way Hardy handled it because it, Hardy didn't go to a thing. Mm. As far as I can tell, Hardy goes to like one or maybe two different things he does, and that's it. That's the whole repertoire, and so like that he could actually play comedically off the situation. I thought was was actually pretty brilliant. Uh-huh. And then I went to another film in nineteen twenty. Called, um, sorry, detained, and this is the the premise here. Now, this is um, Laurel's movie. He started this movie by himself. Laurel was um, an apprentice uh, to Chaplin, which makes sense. I think, I think they were. I think they were actually friends. I don't know that he was. He a- studied under him. Yeah. No. Yeah. He studied under him. So, so, well, that's that's what I read. Is he studied under him? And I could sort. Of, I can see in this film how he how that pattern is done. And what happens is. Um, a guy on the lamb from prison um, just sort of grabs Laurel as he's walking along, drags him into a bush, and puts his prison uniform on him. Uh-huh. And then the cop comes around, somehow doesn't recognize that it's a different head on the thing. Right, right. And, and he's, you know, he's, he, in, he's in the slammer. He's got to keep explaining. And the thing is, with Laurel, I find him less funny than Hardy, but Laurel, um, one of the things is he's similar when he's with Hardy as he was with himself. He's got this that creep. It's even creepy, like the creepy look. Oh, yeah. You know that sort of like um, gay serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's right? got a long weird face. So yeah, definitely. But but without the need to go like, well, you know, well, Hardy, I blah blah blah. It's like the without being tethered to that sort of thing. He was actually fucking hysterical in this movie, okay. and both the movies also because they didn't have to sort of just focus in on. On these two doing A B A B A B, um, also implemented some really interesting, like um, periphery jokes. Right. And now I don't know. Now that that isn't particularly a Laurel and Hardy thing. I would say that like Abbott and Costello don't have periphery jokes either because it's like let's just save money and and put it here. But I actually found myself really liking these two guys as individuals. I thought they were hysterical. But when they're together, they are as it's what's less zero dimension. Minus one dimension. Nah. Your turn. I've made. I, that's. I've made my first case. Well, I mean, uh, rebuttal, I, I, sir. I appreciate that you enjoy them individually. I'm yes, I do. I like them a lot. I'm going to say I'm not like. It's not. You're not talking to like the one person in the world who thinks they're funny. No, I agree. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I. It, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go on a limb and say that they uh, they don't work for you, man. I guess that's the best I can. Well, say. well, just tell me. I mean, I, I I didn't expect to convince you. I'm just sort of making my case, and you may not convince me either. But like, what's what's uh, guys, man? I don't know what to say. I, maybe yeah. you haven't seen the right. Maybe you haven't seen the right thing or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I would say Babes in Toyland is certainly not a good representation. Of I saw Saps at Sea too. That's another. One. That's the one I saw. Saps at sea? Yeah, it's yeah, a little weird. But you just like the part with like the whole hospital room. Did you catch that part of it? No, no. Maybe oh, okay. Remind me of that because that's pretty savage. That's that's got Laurel. Uh, that's got uh, Hardy hanging out of a fucking window. Yeah. By his uh, by, by by his uh, like 
way his body cast. It's pretty. Uh... We always give people credit more, right? Like, so we did the Mabel Norman thing, mm-hmm. right? And it's sort of like I. That's like 1919 when yeah. she did that movie Mickey. I don't think half the things. There's, there's this added thing that a lot of people have to deal with. They're listening to a podcast like this, <laughs> I, and that's that. Like, um, I, I recently heard somebody say, "What was it? It was something they couldn't relate to something." And the, oh, it was the Bible. This was a. But it, just go with me here. This person was saying, um, yeah, you know, I'd like to read the Bible and understand what it is, but it's so hard to relate to. It's like trying to watch a, a 1930s movie. <laughs> of course, I was like, <laughs> but but I kind of uh, tried to dig where the person was coming from. So like Mabel Norman, if I watch her and Mickey, mm-hmm. it's funny, but only because I'm able to like, you know, really try with my contextualization. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be, be funny later on. About it too, because yeah. they're, they're uh, I mean, the yeah, their, their, their humor is kind of of an older time period. Yeah, you know, it's 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 certainly gentler than almost anything you're going to find in, in a comedic movie today. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, but because it really is like the it's it's the cla- it's one of the most classic tropes in all of movie comedy. Yeah. Which is the two dumb guys and the one the the I guess in this case I'm trying to think like what makes them different from say the Marx Brothers. I don't know. I mean, they're they're kind of they're just kind of too bumbling, I suppose. Well, I the, feel like the, the victim is always them. Maybe that's maybe that's part of it. I think Whereas it's with fr- Groucho and company. It's the other way around. Like they're, everyone everyone around him is taking it. <laughs> that's that's well true. Yeah. They're taking it too. By that's way of fair. Losing No, but that's but fair. Yeah, yeah. Really, but they're but they're punching in every different direction. They're getting a lot of they get a lot of damage in those Marx boys. I grant them that. Maybe that's the difference. I don't know. In a sense, they're um, like Laurel and Hardy. Uh, if you take like uh, what, what is it? Um, God damn it! The other the other duo. I can't think of the right name. Abbott and Costello. Yeah, yeah. They're like word based or something like that. That's that's how they work. That's their most of their dynamics is that way. Some slapstick, but in oh, Laurel and Hardy, I just I wonder if you maybe haven't seen the right stuff. I don't know. Maybe it might also just be variety. Some of the stuff maybe. I mean, yeah, and they do have like they they maintain the same persona pretty much all the way through. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it too. There's yeah. Not, there's not a huge dimensionality to their characters now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I mean, like some of the sh- some of the some of the evil shit they do to each other is, is very Three Stooges esque. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you when I laugh. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. the 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 one time I sort of giggled was when uh, Laurel put his hand in the landlord's pocket and and there was a mouse trap in there. Yeah. Right. Okay. You're right, uh, right. It was sort of hit me. But see, this, to me, that's the thing. Like, if it's the Marx Brothers, Marx Brothers is like the top of the pyramid and, and Chaplin, I would say, in terms of. Uh, and and maybe WC Fields, it, you know, in terms of um, even if it's a it's a similar like type A, type B, type C, like have like a three types of routines they're going into. Right. The content of the routine is sufficiently different, so it's wordplay with Groucho, and right. and also with WC Fields, right? Or WC Fields, it's like yeah, he's gonna he's gonna try to put his hat on and it's gonna misdirect somewhere at the end of his cane right, or at right. a doorway, but it's it's gonna be different each time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would say with, with, um, Laurel and Hardy, I don't find it sufficiently different. You know, I, I just like the reaction seems to be the same. Now you point out something, which is the three stooges. They're not different either. The deal with me is when well, you, when you, that makes a different dynamic. That might make, the and when you hit someone over the head with a wrench, it's so fucking savage that I don't care that it's different. Like, you know, you've, you've sort of got me, although I would say they're different too. I mean, maybe I should see more Laurel and Hardy, but like the whole, when, when Curly, um, uh, tries to do plumbing and he plums himself into a cage. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, actually, to be honest yeah. with you, I did see something. Um, uh, I saw a Laurel and Hardy uh, short where they're taking a piano up a huge kind of, well, stairway, right? right there, yeah. Okay, so I saw that one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what's interesting is one of the Stooges classics is them taking a block of ice. It could even be the same goddamn stairs, right? <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, this is ripe material, right? right. Um, I guess I just find the, the, the Stooges to be more savage. And what's savage is that in Laurel and Hardy is, is that Laurel, I mean, that Hardy just sort of badgers Laurel verbally. And I sort of feel like I've had enough jobs to where this this it's not new to me. <laughs> I've been badgered. Yeah, I mean, if that's like, if that's it, man. I don't think you've seen enough of their physical stuff. I got to be honest. Yeah, maybe. But I'll tell you a really interesting thing about the piano. But this film stinks, and the fucking the peewee thing was maybe. I mean, it could you could give it some it was, generosity of a Mother yeah, Teresa type to say it was funny the it, first time. It's cute. Yeah, I mean, okay. The wooden soldiers are marching. That was cute too. The the soldiers marching. Yeah, yeah I mean, cool music. That was a nice scene. I don't know. I don't mind that you saw that coming. Um, you know, a mile away. I mean, that's just sort of the par for the yeah, course of the Christmas film. Movie, yeah, yeah, no, no. I don't. I honestly don't mind that. But I don't even care about the soldiers. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting that they were the day, they were like, live action and then they were toys like, and then they were live action again because to save money, I guess, on choreography. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I just found this oh, movie obnoxiously stinky. You turned onto on this and magical the, movie, like the guy in the cat suit who's playing the fiddle, and it's like, look, there's a mouse, but it's a monkey with a with a, a mouse mask on. Okay, it was just so hopelessly bad. Suspension of disbelief here. Well, it's not just that. It's just there's suspension <laughs> of disbelief, and then there's suspension of disbelief. Is what's that Howard Stern movie that I don't think holds the test of time? But the first time I saw it. Um, he plays himself. Shortcuts. I mean, classically fucking narcissistic yeah, Howard yeah, Stern. Yeah, yeah. But he plays himself, and, and he's in college, and at some point no. he stops the film and he goes, look, you're going to have to suspend disbelief. I'm obviously 50 years old in this scene. And it's like, okay, you know, congratulations. Now you got me, right? Uh, There's sort of none of that here in that um, <laughs> it's just bad. Like, they had a budget, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they were stars, they right? Budget, yeah. yeah. Sure, I don't know, dog. Yeah. I have to go burgle, though, I think we can agree. This is a fucking real piece of shit. Oh, please. No, it's fucking heartwarming. Joe has no heart. That's well, where we're coming. That's I mean, the problem we're having. Is it? Here. I mean, look, you can you can sort of talk me into seeing more of them, and I may turn around and actually like them uh-huh. in different contexts, because I saw them in the silent films, and I saw them apart, and that's what I liked. Okay. And I've seen them a little bit together in their thing, and I haven't really cared for it. I hated them here. But my question to you is, uh, from your end, uh-huh. how much of it is like, you know, this is something your dad showed you a million times. Oh, yeah. It's it's associated with like eggnog and Christmas music and, you know, I mean, how much Most of it of is, Santa yeah. I mean, can you think of like movies where um, you have a great affinity for them um, because of your youth and then you... And I'm not saying this has to be what's happening here. I'm just sort of playing with ideas here. Where later on you revisited and you were actually kind of surprised that that wasn't a good movie. Oh, yeah, Crease. That movie is embarrassing. Right. I love that movie when I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I since, uh, yeah, and then I rewatched it as a grown up, I don't know, about five or six years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, I was embarrassed. I was fully embarrassed that I'd love that movie. I would say there is one differentiation there. I was somebody put a gun to my head and made me go to a sing along version of Grease. I was there and I liked in it. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't at yours. I had a good time at a sing along yeah. Grease thing. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that's true. Part of this it's too, like if how much of this is my love of this movie is nostalgia. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty deep. If and I were, this might be an indefensible movie. If I were in like a pub that showed this movie and um, 
and people are drinking beers and just having a great time. I might just sort of, you know, glean the the energy that people are getting off this movie because people do. I mean, people are weird about this. I mean, nerds like us, whatever group this is, percentage of the world who's like Chaplin or Keaton, you know, like um, W.C. Fields or, you know, who 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 sort of look at that hierarchy of the comedians from this time. Huh? There are people who who simply love it. And, and, and there's so much a part of the, the culture that. I instantly recognize Laurel and Hardy when when I see like little statues and caricatures of them, yeah, or like the, the outline caricature of them, or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. So they meant something to people, and and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I. And, and you and you find it baffling, huh? Okay. Well, I mean, no, I don't, I don't, um, I don't necessarily find it baffling because I mean, um, you know, the movie Grown Ups. With Chris Rock and Adam Sandler and David Spade, I know of it. I made like 150 million dollars. Right, we're a very stupid country. Well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's not baffling to me. Took over a lot of the world too. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. Great parallel. Not, yeah, the, the Adam Sandler movie and Hitler invading. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you were, if if you know, I'm, I, now I kind of represent that that faction of of listeners who were like iffy, let's say, about classic movies in general. At uh, this moment, I do right. Uh, so if you were to to um, give me an assignment to watch like two or three, and we don't have, we don't even ever have to talk about Laurel and Hardy again, you and I. Right. But just as like a personal assignment, what two or three would you recommend to see? Oh, I don't know the names of any Laurel and Hardy movies except for this one. I'd have to go look it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do some research. Yeah, I watched them mostly on Saturday mornings when I was a kid. They were they were big for me on that. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the names of it. So I'd have to go look that up and get back to you on that. All right. And I will do that. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? Um, we'll just pin it uh, in text to this particular podcast on SoundCloud or whatever platform. Mm-hmm. And so people can uh, follow along. Well, that's a good idea. Hey, if you've got, if you got ideas for Laurel and Hardy movies or something like that, uh, <clears throat> send them to us. Yeah. I will watch those. I, oh, man. It's a... It's so funny. Yeah. But we got to do some more exploring of uh, comedians of this time period. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I mean, you were kind of uh, turned on to, to Chaplin, right? I've never seen Chaplin. I actually haven't seen almost it. any of these guys. I've never seen Lloyd. I've never seen, I've never seen, I had never seen Chaplin. I've seen him. I've never seen Lloyd. Uh, who's the Keaton? I've never seen Keaton. Keaton or Lloyd. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, or Fatty Arbuck. I'd love to see some Are you tempted as, as I would be if I were in your chair if, the next time we talk? If I go like, ah, this Buster Keaton movie is hilarious. Go, I didn't find him very funny. No, I'm, I approach this. I approach this <laughs> but that is like tempting, a, right? <laughs> no, 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 not in this case. Yeah, no, I, I get the impulse, but I, I want to approach this like a fresh lady. I remember somebody told me they hated American um, beauty. Uh-huh. It was a friend of ours. It's uh, hey, oh, Mary, we just went on and on about. It. I hated it, and I was like, oh, that's just crazy to me. And then he recommended a movie, and I. I almost remember constantly deciding that I was going to hate this movie that he recommended. It turned out to be a great, a great movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman. But I mean, it's hard because it's hard when when you love a movie. It's hard when someone doesn't love that movie. Yeah, 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 that's true. I don't know why that is, but it's true. Oh, fuck, did, did Seymour Hoffman do a bad movie? Oh yeah, he did some. Yeah, toward the end there, he did one where he was a Russian spy. Did you see that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, not hard. good. All right, guy. All right. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Merry Christmas and a happy. If yeah, well, no, we got another episode before that. Yeah, Merry Christmas.